Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. All right, today I want to take us to 2 Kings chapter 5, the story of Naaman. I've got Eric Piment in the studio with me. And so, Eric, I want to read this whole chapter if you're game for that. And then I, we're going to. I'm happy to do that. This so, is a princely chapter. I'm going to read from the NIV. Now, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now, bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who's in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet answered, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry. For your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Rimmon to bow down, and he is leaning on my arm, and I have to bow there also, when I bow down in the temple of Ramon, May the Lord forgive your servant for this. Go in peace, Elisha said. After Naaman had traveled some distance, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to him, My master was too easy on Naaman, this Aramean, by not accepting from him what he brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running toward him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right? he asked. Everything is all right, Gehazi answered. My master sent me to say, Two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothing. By all means, take two talents, said Naaman. He urged Gehazi to accept them, and then tied up the two talents of silver in two bags with two sets of clothing. He gave them to two of his servants, and he carried them ahead of Gehazi. When Gehazi came to the hill, 
He took the things from the servants and put them away in the house. He sent the men away and left him. When he went in and stood before his master, Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? Your servant didn't go anywhere, Gehazi answered. But Elisha said to him, Was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to take money or to accept clothes or olive groves and vineyards or flocks and herds or male and female slaves? Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Then Gehazi went from Elisha's presence, and his skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. What a chapter. True, what a chapter. A chapter like this is, produces both awe and shock. <laughs> shock and awe. <laughs> At the same time, you read the first story of a reverence for God, and then you also read the second story uh, about Gehazi as fearful. Why? <laughs> How? But at the same time, you could, should say the very same thing about the miracle of the cleansing. Why and how? Yeah. So let's just grab a couple nuggets from this. Uh, nugget number one, we don't need to rage at God's appointed means of salvation. I think about how Naaman was enraged at the instructions of how to be healed from the prophet Elisha. They were not reasonable to him. They did they didn't line up with the way he thought it ought to be done. And so therefore, he walked away from his opportunity for healing because he did not approve of the means of healing. And then I think about how today, there's a lot of people who will not come to Christ because they're enraged by, maybe not that level of anger, but they do not approve of God's appointed means of salvation. They find it to be ridiculous. They find it to be absurd that God would send his son to the earth to take the form of a servant, to die on a cross, and then be raised from the grave. This obscure teacher from Galilee 2,000 years ago, that that would have any relevance to my life today, that's just absurd. That, I'm not going to accept that as my way of salvation, and they walk away from it. Instead of saying, maybe there's something to this, I need to investigate this a little bit more, or just be thankful that there is a way of salvation. They find it too easy also. Many people I know feel that accepting and believing in Christ as the way of salvation, trusting in the grace of God through Christ, is too easy. There must be something that they need to do before they can have faith to believe or before they can uh, feel that they have been saved. And so they're looking for a, a sacrament, a symbol, a ritual, uh, something uh, priestly. Wave your hand over this place and at least speak to me you know, in, in florid language, colorful, flowery language, so that I can be sure. But in, in this case, this story is an illustration of we need to accept the simplicity of the gospel spoken by the man of God, hmm. not spoken by yourself. You make a good point there, because isn't it the point of the servant when he appeals to his master, Naaman, to try to get him to at least try it? He's like, if he would have had you do a great thing, wouldn't you have done it? Right. It's like, if, if, if you'd expect if he would have said to you, well, now go do this and then you'll be healed, something great that you would do, then it would be kind of your accomplishment. And He's, so how much more that we should be willing to do the simple thing, which in this case is simply to believe and accept and, and follow Christ. I, 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 of course, we're, I'm putting a Christian application onto an Old Testament story, but that's why the Old Testament was, was written in part that's correct. so that we could take a, a application and instruction for it. All right, nugget number two. Number two for me is that this man was Naaman the Aramean from Aram, which is we call modern Syria. He mentions the rivers of Damascus. Damascus is in Syria, and so Syria is just north of Israel. Uh, it's not the Israelites, it's the Syrians. Mm -hmm. And what's Naaman's role? 
He's a commander of the army of the Syrians, not the army of Israel. A potential enemy, hence the, the king of Israel was worried that this was some way that the other king was provoking him. They're trying to seek an argument. <laughs> He's right. wanting to pick a fight with me, and right? Then, and so they're not, they're, it's not even of Israel. It's an, and what was striking to me is that this story is recounted and mentioned by Jesus in the gospel. Mm-hmm. He said there were many uh, lepers in Israel during the, name, during the days of Elisha, but none was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. Uh, or name in the Aramean. By the way, Aram is where we get the word Aramaic. You know, you've mm-hmm. often heard that uh, referred to as a sister language. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aramaic is the language of Aram, which the northern uh, Israel and uh, Syria shared the same uh, the same speech, the same language. So none was cleansed except name in the Syrian. Well, what is that kind of saying? That's saying that the mission of Jesus is outside of Israel. Uh, sometimes I've, I've recently had someone say, well, Jesus said, I'm not sent except unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel, which is true. Jesus did say that. When did he say that? He said that when he was in Lebanon <laughs> and he went right after and healed the, the daughter of the Syrophoenician woman who was demon possessed. So Christ's mission is not simply to the Jews and it's also to the Gentiles. And this story shows that God is willing even to heal a pagan uh, who is then converted to realize that the true God is the God of Israel. His eyes after this healing are opened, and he sees it as more than a healing because his heart is converted to now only want to worship the true God, the God of Israel, and to receive any forgiveness if he uh, is brought into a scenario or situation, yeah, where, where he's he ha- compromising. Where he, where he yeah. has to compromise, right. It's good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Mirani, 2022.